For so many people, Sex in the City is a model for the ideal New York City life and dream. You get to sit with your friends on Fifth Avenue, drinking Cosmos and living out your main character life. But what they don't show is the hard work and perseverance that living in New York City really is. Join me, Caven Hendren, as I set out to cultivate a community of people from various industries, from the performing arts world, to the modeling world, even the real estate and finance world, to talk about what it's actually like living in the concrete jungle. Along the way, we'll have thought-provoking conversation, share advice to each other, share advice to you, and don't worry, we'll drink a few Cosmos along the way. This is The Bradshaw Effect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Bradshaw Effect. Today, everybody, we're recording this on my birthday, and what a better birthday treat than to have the one and only Megan Rooney here talking with me first thing in the morning. Hi, Megan. Hi, Kevin. Happy birthday. I'm so honored to be here. Love the Bradshaw effect. I'm just so happy I get to talk to you this morning on your birthday. Thank you so much for coming on here and talking. I'm so, so excited to have you. God, of course. I wouldn't miss this for the world. I love a podcast. We love a podcast. And for those that don't know the story... Megan and I met in 2020 during the lockdown during um, the Lexington Theater Company's artistic development program that we did online through Zoom, where we met Patrick O'Neill and a lot of our other friends that were in that group as well. And it has just been one of those things where the moment I met Megan, we were put into a Zoom breakout room together. And I forget what the prompt was. Do you remember? Uh, no, except for I think we shared something that we created. Is that crazy? Wait, yes, because that's when I told you about vacancy. Yes. yes. And you played me a song on your guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And immediately that was so vulnerable when we were first meeting each other that I feel like after that we were both like, oh, okay, you are now my best friend. And <laughs> exactly. Three years later, I was like, oh, and now I'm finally meeting you in person, which is crazy. That was that was crazy. And like, I feel like those interactions that I've had with everybody that I met on Zoom, and then all of a sudden was like, we already knew each other so well that it's like, hi, you have legs yeah. and <laughs> and a lower half of your body. You're a human. Hello. And right, right. I don't want to say that they were awkward first meetings, but they kind of are because like you've already known this person for like three years. Right. It feels like weirdly you're cheating. Like when you're meeting them in person for the first time, because you're like, I know way too much about you, but this is the first time we're hugging. And yes. now, yeah, that is that is so crazy. And I feel like we're not alone in that. I feel like that happened across the board. And I have friends that still, they haven't met their friends. Yeah. Even yet. I mean, that's kind of, I don't want to, like the, the light in a dark time through all mm. of that was that like, Mm -hmm. you know, these spaces created places for people to come together in a way that probably we wouldn't have the opportunity to. Well, actually, I would say fairly confident we wouldn't have had the opportunity to had it not happened. So there's there's that little bright side of it. Why don't we just jump on in, Megan? Why don't you tell everybody the story of, you know, getting to New York? Did you watch Sex and the City before moving to New York? Have you seen Sex and the City? These are all the questions that I have to ask. <laughs> of course, it's only right. Um, of course, I watched Sex in the City. I think I watched it a little too young, and I actually think I wasn't supposed to be watching it when I was. Oh, I definitely so wasn't. That my, yeah, my sister and I. It was like on in this one random 
TV that my dad had, I think, when he was, like, in his 20s. And then it just, like, ended up being in the basement. And HBO. I think it was oh, from, yeah. like, a babysitter or something. HBO was always on. And uh, that was, like, the first channel when you turned on the TV. And we were watching it. And I remember my sister and I being like, so gagged at the entire thing because we were like we're not supposed to be watching this but we couldn't stop it also felt that way with Degrassi to bring that Mm. up anyone remember Degrassi we also had the same feeling watching that we were like oh my god we're so risky um but loved Sex in the City yeah I'm trying to think what is the question the story of how I came to yeah how so whenever you were I guess figuring out that you wanted to be in New York What was Mm. that journey like for you? And how did like Sex and the City give you like these preconceptions of what life was going to be like here versus what it actually was? Of course. Because it's not like the show. Sometimes it is like the show, but most of the time it's not. Well, the first time that I ever came to New York actually was with my cousins. That it was me, my cousin Colleen, Maeve, and Annie. And all of us around the same age group. So my grandparents after I think it was my cousin Colleen graduated eighth grade and we I was like in fourth grade I think they took us on a trip to New York just us we were like oh okay um and we saw The Little Mermaid starring Lindy Franklin Smith and um Phantom of the Opera I'm not sure if she like swung out that night but um Little Mermaid and uh Phantom and I growing up in I grew up in a western suburb outside of Chicago and so I sort of knew like the city life because my parents worked down there and that's mm-hmm. where they like started their life so I was like used to a city um but there definitely was something different about New York but as a fourth grader I was like oh I I can't really tell um and then the next time I came back wasn't until um oh when I was 16 years old um and right before that's all I wanted to do for my 16th birthday was to come to New York yeah we should know this though my jaw locked in Spanish class in high school oh the day before I was supposed to go to New York so Kevin I'm walking around New York they like put it back in place it locked in my Spanish class it was terrifying And so then I go to the doctor, they like push it back in place, but then they put like a literal protractor in my mouth and I could only open it like five degrees or something. It was, it was humiliating. And I thought I was going to look so cute, have my Carrie moment as a 16 year old in the city with my mom and the entire time, like I can barely eat. And all the pictures that I look back on, on my second trip to New York, I like can't really like my smile looks weird like everything's terrible oh no um it was crazy that's besides the point um but then the next time I went was for OCU NYC Mm. and um that's uh a program that I think Patrick was talking about this in his episode um but Lindy started it um Lindy and Jeremy and it's just been going ever since alumni run it from Oklahoma City University and that was the first like taste of like the New York that I thought of and like dreamed mm. of in reality actually like people were doing the thing and we got to witness it for a week um, and then go back to school like it was yeah. so crazy and I remember after a certain master class 
Um, we like walked out of Pearl and we went to the Dunkin' Donuts, you know, the one um, on the corner. And I met my friend Katie there. We were like, we'll just meet here after our masterclass. And I was just sitting in the Dunkin' Donuts, like sobbing. And I was like, I can't wait to tell her. I'm like, I, I need to move here. Like this has been like the craziest week of my life. And she walked in and she was sobbing too. And we both were like, we need to move here. Um, and it was just like, a, I don't know. It, it's so crazy of like, it actually is happening like yeah. everything that we like thought to be true it seemed was and these people were so uplifting and like they were doing the thing chasing their dreams and yeah it seemed so magical and shiny and then um I moved uh 2019 I did BDC summer program here in the city and moved to like their little dorm room and that was the first time that I was gonna like test run this yeah and it was my junior year of college and that's when I started to get nervous I was like what if I actually hate this and this is hard it's and also I'm not a dancer right and it was like really like crippling almost I was like so fearful that I wouldn't like it mm -hmm. um and then it, that ended up being really, really hard. I had like some friends going into that, but it was mostly like, okay, Megan, what are you going to do with this? Mm -hmm. um, and then from that made so many friends within that, like summer, those summer months. And um, then I think after that, I was like, cause I was teetering. I was like, I could move to Chicago after I graduate or I could move to New York. And I sort of wanted to move to New York, but I love a safety moment. And Chicago just felt so comfortable. I knew what that would look like in my brain. But New York, even when the day that I moved, I was like, this could be anything. <laughs> and I like said goodbye to my parents. And I was like, I actually might see you very soon or this will go off without a hitch. Um, and then when I finally did move after graduation, it was in September of 2021. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, I mean, moving there was so exciting, but I, I mean, as everyone has said on this podcast, when you first move, it's like, oh God, the highs are so high and the lows are just so low. Yeah. But I think that's what makes you stay is that, you know, that like, like Patrick O'Neill says, like your life can change on a Tuesday. And so it's just sort of like, that is what motivates me and just keeps me going is just exactly knowing that that will ebb and flow um but yeah that first year is tough but we love the second year I will say for everyone that's like in the midst of their first go of it that is one of my favorite quotes that Patrick has said like that your life can change on a Tuesday because the moment mm -hmm. I heard him say that it was one of those things where I was like, and you're in the place where that can probably only happen, you yeah. know, like, like, the, like this place, like, it's so cliche, but they say it's the city of opportunity and surprise and all these other things. And it's like, you can roll your eyes at it, but it's, it's so true. I mean, you could bump into someone walking down 8th Avenue on your way to Pearl right. and spill your coffee on them. And that interaction could change your life because that could be this person. And it's just like stuff like that that is out of movies, like very Bradshaw effect main character exactly. TV show moments. Yes, yes. And they happen all the time. And those are the most beautiful moments in New York when you catch yourself mm -hmm. having the movie moment. And there's so much gratitude that floods into in and out of you. And I think you can like feel it too when other people are having it, just walking down the street. You're like, oh, 
we're doing this. Lately, I've been having a lot of alone time. Um, and hey, just doing, we love that. We do. And just like doing things by myself. And like, I'm used to that because like whenever I was in Lexington, I lived by myself. Um, I'm not living by myself here, but like just everybody's away for summer stock. And it just, you know, that's how cookies have crumbled. But I love you. but I'm finding myself having more of these main character moments I guess is what you could call it like being alone and having these times by myself in the city and you know like going and taking yourself out to dinner and not having the armor of this and just Mm. being present and like people watching and just like I don't know. I've tried not to use my phone as a security blanket in times whenever I'm doing things by myself. And I got that from Carrie from one of the episodes because like she was talking about how she went to dinner and like didn't take a book, didn't take anything to use as a security blanket. And that was like the biggest challenge she could have given herself was just to be present in her own life for once and like be there for herself. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm trying to wow. like have more of those moments because I mean, it's so easy that like when we see people alone just out and about in the city, it's like, are they okay? Oh, something must have happened. Or like, it's like we create these like silly things in our heads for no reason when it's just like that person is probably just doing just fine having a dinner by themselves or whatever. Oh my gosh, Carrie is so wise for saying that. And I also think both can be true. I think you can like walk past the streets of New York and see someone sitting alone and being like, oh, I wonder if they like are waiting for a date or something. Or no, if it's yeah. just... But then other times I feel like I see so many people sitting alone in New York, sometimes just having a dinner. And I feel like it's become more common for me the more I like walk around. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, people are doing that more than like when I walk around in Chicago. I don't, I maybe I haven't done it enough as a 20 year old, <laughs> but um, I'm like, oh, that seems more normal to me than ever before right now. When I and also feel like I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. And I also just feel like in places like New York, it is easier for us to take those moments for ourselves to be by ourselves because there is so much hubbub and chaos around us 24 seven that the moments when we're able to find those times of self-care and love and us time, I think that we cherish them a little bit more because of living here than maybe we would, like you said, in Chicago or back home for me and stuff like that. I think that is so important and it looks different for everyone. Like for you, it might be taking yourself out to like a coffee or a dinner And I think I found that in the city, like yoga has been such a Mm. like important place for me where I feel singular and able to like tap into what's happening here and like take the New York noise and hustle out of it and actually just surrender to like what is happening right now. Yeah. Um, And I think I, that just it looks sometimes for people I bet it's like a dance class or like going to a museum by themselves or just like I don't know what that is but I do think that's something that sex in the city gets right is showing people that you can have those spaces to just and that it's important to have those spaces where you can be an individual and like tap into like what's happening in my brain and in my heart right now um, because New York will keep you going so that oh, yeah. you don't check it check in it's easy to not check in which is why i think the moments when we have our bradshaw effects quote quote are the moments where we actually settle mm-hmm. in 
and are present in the moment and are actually mm-hmm. taking things in around us fully. That has been what I've noticed. Like I know that I'm dropped in in life. I don't know if that's, but like, I know that I, if I'm dropped in in life and I'm having these main character movie moments, that that is something I need to sit in for a minute because I feel like we would have more if we kind of all just kind of stopped and took a breath. No, I (laughs) think that is actually brilliant, Gaben. Oh my gosh, I've never thought of it as like being present when you have your Bradshaw fact. It's like, oh, you're actually present and living. It makes so much sense, but I've just never thought of it that way. Well, it's so easy, I feel like, especially here to, you know, you keep your head down and you just go from one thing to the next, trying Mm. to push past Mm -hmm. people down the street to get to the subway on time or to get to your meeting or whatever it is on time that like, Right. We're, we're so go, go, go that we don't have a lot of the moments to just be and to just sit mm. there. And so that's why I was saying I'm challenging myself whenever I go out to dinner or whatever I do by myself to not have my phone or something because I want to try to be more present in those moments because I also think that will help, at least for me, creatively. Like I think some of my, my, my best ideas come whenever I'm just present in a moment. We did where you're, where you've been. Why don't we kind of go into where you're at? So like, what's, what's going on in your life right now? Like, where do you find us, you know, fulfilling your days and making things feel a bit fruitful? What's, what's going on? Right. Um, well, we're doing the survival gigs, which are, which are so good and, um, fulfilling for right now. Um, I'm starting to have like a little bit of growing pains in them Mm. of just like, I don't know after you've been there for a little bit maybe that's just me like I'm like constantly right there with you and I think it's like the school system right it's like where do I level up how do I like I don't know so that's something that I like am constantly struggling with but I did just get my yoga teacher certification and so I've been teaching some classes recently and that's been really filling um to just like give something that's provided me so, so much peace um, to other people right now but anyways that yoga has been giving me a lot of joy um, as of recently just because I I said this before but it it gives me like a lot of um, space and time to mm. like commit to those 60 minutes for myself yeah um, and yeah it's been really beautiful to then give that to other like friends um, who mean so much to me but that's yeah amazing. that's what we're doing right now we're still singing and, and doing the thing, trying to create things outside of the audition room. And that's it's been a struggle. Too. Right. It's been a struggle. But I'm so proud of you. I'm so inspired by you and like all the things that you are creating outside of the audition room. Like you've, you wear so many hats. You're such a multi-hyphenate in so many ways. Well, and I'm you. inspired by it, Kaven. You're really doing so much. Thank you. So, Sometimes thank it's... You. <laughs> I I feel like I've said this in like the last four episodes I've recorded, but like, it's so true and I'll keep saying it, but it's like, I've gotten that question a lot recently, which is like, why do you do it? Or Mm. how do you manage it or all these things? And like, it's easy to hear that and like go, oh yeah, I'm doing a lot, blah, 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 you know, but like, I never do things for that reaction because I feel like if you are, then mm. there's a, that's a whole other problem that you have to right. kind of soul search and address with yourself. But yes. for me, you know, I have had to pull back and look at things that I have going on and say, am I still doing it for me? Because mm. so much of what I have going on lately, like between the book and between auditioning and the podcast and all these other things, it's like, 
I have made my my plate very full and I can manage it. I can, you know, do all that stuff. But then it comes down to it where it's like, am I still doing it for me or am I doing it because I have, I'm trying to prove something to somebody else. I'm trying to prove that mm. I belong in certain rooms in certain spaces around certain people, because this has been a trend with other performers that I've had on. And I'm sure you will relate performers and creatives alike, but it's so easy in our industry to look around us and see people booking the Broadway thing, booking the national mm-hmm. tour thing, booking that regional theater job. And you're doing the exact same grind that they might be doing. It's just, they won the lottery. And that's how I've had to kind of shift and look at it. Um, right. right. We're still buying the Powerball tickets, but they won. <laughs> and right. we're also buying the tickets. I love that. Yes. And so it's yes. like, you know, it's been harder some days um, than other days being able to kind of, you know, have that mentality. But I don't know. As It's one of those things like Brene Brown always says, you have to, put it into practice in order to believe it in order for it to sink Mm -mm. in and do it and so I've been trying to really really do that wait there was something that you said that I was like oh the people we're all buying the same ticket but some people are you know winning the lottery Mm -hmm. that reminds me of what we learned at the Lex when we were talking about um comparison being the thief of joy Mm -hmm. and how we like spent some time like journaling about our superpowers and like what makes us unique and like sort of just finding strength in those superpowers and uniqueness I also am like some of the things that were are 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 our superpowers right now I don't know if you found this when you were journaling I was like some of the things are the things that I was made fun of or like always commented on as a child 100%. Like, yeah. And then you grow into yourself and you're like, actually that weird thing that I sort of feel shame for sometimes from growing up is actually the thing that is my superpower and makes me the most unique. And I think that's the hardest thing, at least right now that I'm struggling with is like stepping into that and claiming that and yeah. being like, actually, that's what makes Megan, Megan and Kaven Kaven. And I think the Lex what they like mind I had a little moment was like (laughs) you have that uniqueness and the twofold of since you have that no one else can do that and so why are we comparing ourselves when we're living in this uniqueness there's no room for that you actually can't do that and then the second being using that uniqueness and like cultivating that so that you can give it and use that to like share with others. Yep. If that makes sense. And it does. I that is like one of the biggest takeaways that puts the ball in your court <laughs> enough for you to give it back to other people, but still yeah. stand in your power. Um, and they're the best for that. I remember just like learning that and being like, I it changed the I way I think about everything. I think I I say the same thing. So I want to say a couple things from that but because 100% yes to all of that with what you just said I have been somebody that has always been poked fun at even still to this day with how much I like to talk and how easy it is for me to just go up to a stranger and just talk with them to all those people who have made fun of me I say ha because look at this 
I mean, that's that's one of the main reasons I started this, truthfully, is like I wanted a space to talk with people that inspire me and that I love dearly and that I want to know mm-hmm. better. That was the diving board for creating this podcast community and this podcast. And it goes right back to what you said, using our uniqueness and our strengths and our gifts to create something for ourselves that we can then give back to other people. And I also have been thinking in this like streamline of connection. I was listening to a Ross, Ross Gay was on the podcast recently mm. and he just wrote a book of delights. And he was like, at the end of the day, we don't belong to an institution or anything like that. We belong to each other at the end of all of this. And that I've just been carrying that with me this month. I think that's just so profound. And that's like the reason for our existence is this connection and the stories that we tell each other and the, the special connection that you have with those people in the arena. And to bring it back to the Bradshaw effect, I think that's what Sex and the City gets really, really right. Is that that at the end of the day, those four girls have a home base and it's 100%. that diner and it's their connection to each other. And I will say if anyone's moving to a new city or to New York, especially, that is like the one thing that I have learned is that you need that home base you need those people mm-hmm. that when the days are tough or boring or um amazing and you need to like having that having your diner in your life and those four girls in your life whether they be different humans or or there's more of them yeah. or less of them that is that's so important I want to kind of go back really quick and talk about this that you mentioned how have you been finding that you're stepping into your superpowers and your mm-hmm. uniqueness things in your life? Because I mean, I know that you're you're kind of going into yoga and all these other things besides the performing part, because I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have a life outside of this industry. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, whether that, like, that's why I try to fill it with this podcast or writing, because like, I, I need to be creatively fulfilled elsewhere. Um, and like, I know that you also wear many hats in your life. So like, mm. how are you finding it stepping into all that? Thanks for asking that question because I need, I need to ask myself that question as well. I'm a big journaler. So I will like, I've been journaling about this a lot, mm. but I think step two is being able to talk about it because immediately, I I don't know where this was trained in my brain, but it feels not very humble of me to talk about my uniqueness to other people does that resonate yes okay 100%. I and giving you pez head nod feels, <laughs> right 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 the the head nod is happening it feels wrong and it feels like icky for me to do so but I think that's the whole game and something that I'm still trying to practice mm. um so I guess I could right now practice that but I think something that makes me unique is my view of the world I've always been a very optimistic person and I um as and you know growing up people would be like she's a lot and that was always something that was like put in my brain was like oh yeah she's a lot she'll she like oh she's overwhelming like that was something that I was more like you know queen 
stop it, Kevin. I'm obsessed with you. Um, and so that always, I had, I had a shame response to that sometimes. And sometimes, who am I kidding? All of the time, I've had a shame response to that. And um, I think just stepping into that and knowing, I've heard you say this before, that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, but I hope that the way that I show up and I am a lot is in a way that is beneficial and like putting a smile on someone's face hopefully um I also love to make people laugh I think I like grew up in a family where like laughter was so important and something that like at the end of the day I sort of knew when we got to the dinner table that like my dad was going to tell us about his day and we would all just start immediately laughing yeah um also something that I heard on Glennon Doyle's podcast I forget who she was interviewing but she compared laughter to freedom because mm. laughter, you, pe- listen, we can fake a laugh. We can certainly fake a laugh. But when it's real and authentic, you can't stop it. And it comes from such a place of feeling free. Um, and then Ross Gay was the one that was like, laughter reminds us of death, of life, us living right now and of death because it's the expelling of air. Mm. anyways that is also something that was on my yeah isn't that crazy I was like what so yeah that is mind-blowing but um yeah I I listen I'm so bad about talking about it Kevin but I just hope that like my uniqueness is my allotness and how I show up for you whether it be a lot of listening or a lot of um my optimism which I'm trying to like nix the toxic positivity um so we're still working on that um but just cultivating you know joy and laughter um and also deepness like I I think we both I I love having these deep conversations and getting to know and unknow each other Mm -hmm. through our existence because people are changing all the time and so, yeah. Oh, God, Kevin, that was so hard. Thanks for asking that question. I definitely will keep like mulling over that. It's so hard to speak to it because of the ick factor. I don't know if I could answer it. So <laughs> that's why I asked it. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I'm like, now I'm ready to crawl away. Um. Wow. Well, let me just um, say you are, I mean, every single person that... I have talked to where you've always come up in conversation. It's always nothing but like, I love her. Like she's, she's the best, like just so kind, so positive. Like it's, you are a ray of sunshine in so many people's lives. So like, I want you to know that like any time that you might be doubting yourself, just know that like every time you're brought up in conversation, that's what it always is. And I, and like, those are moments, anytime that someone ever tells me, cause I struggle accepting compliments. I struggle accepting compliments. I struggle talking about my successes, whatever they might be to me that day or that week, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have been trying to rewire my brain to hearing whenever I hear something like that, that comments like that are very easily not spoken. Yes. It's easier for someone whenever someone's brought up to stay quiet if they don't have anything to say than it is to speak up and actively praise them So anytime Mm -hmm. someone mentions that to me, I have really tried Mm -hmm. to let that sink in and just relish in that because I'm right there with you where sometimes it's hard. I'm, I'm letting that sink in right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. That really warmed my heart and that's really special.
So as we go into wrapping this up, I want to ask, is there any advice that you want to leave off to our listeners that has like shaped, you know, you maybe, and that you want to pass off to everybody else listening? Mm, I knew you were going to ask this. Um, it's my go-to. I don't know if I have advice, but I can I share something with your listeners? Absolutely. Would you be comfortable if I shared um, like how I usually start or end my yoga practice with them? Oh, please Just do a it. moment to like ground down. Okay. Please, Amazing. let's do it. <laughs> okay, great. Um, something that I'm working on um, that I'm theming is the Brene Brown quote. Kevin, I know that you'll know this. Atlas of the heart. We can, we, now I'm going to mess this up. We can only know or love others to the extent that we know and love ourselves. Yes. So Bradshaw Effect listeners, if you'll come on this journey with me, um, if you feel safe wherever you are right now to close your eyes or find a soft gaze over your nose or at an object in front of you, um, we'll just start by taking a big belly breath in and open mouth, exhale, let that go, tapping into our knowing and slowing down wherever you may be. Maybe you're in New York. We'll take one more big belly breath in. And open mouth, exhale, release and melt into wherever you are. Um, and then on this next inhale, I'll invite you to think of a time where you found some self-compassion, a place, uh, a moment where you wanted to celebrate yourself. Maybe it's been hard for you today, this week. Um, but you're showing up for yourself right now. So breathe whatever that is to the forefront of your mind. And exhale, celebrate yourself. And then we'll take one more inhale. We'll bring a person that we're grateful for to the front of our mind. Maybe it's their face. Maybe it's a memory. Deep belly breath in. And exhale, share some energy, some gratitude their way. Beautiful work, team. Big sleigh. That was wonderful. Sharing, sharing some love to ourselves and to others. Kevin, thanks for having me. This has been such a hoot. Megan, I thank love you so much. I love you. Thank you for coming on here. This has been so great. You're the best. And I can't wait to listen to all stores. I can't wait to see all that you have in store. There's a lot. Don't this you year, worry. This literal year on your birthday. Yeah. I can't literally, I feel like this year is going to be huge for you. And I can't wait to see, I'm going to get choked up. I can't wait to see what you accomplish. Thank I'm really you. proud of you. And I'm inspired by all you do. And so are so many other people. I know that for a fact. So thanks yeah. for sharing all that you're sharing. Of course, that means a lot. I love you. And just like that, we're at the end of the episode. Megan, once again, thank you so much for coming on here. This is just another reason and reminder of why I do this and just being able to have you on here and talk to you just gush so much love and geek out over deep conversations this is why I do it and uh, love you to bits I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and make sure you follow us on social media if you're not already and also follow us here on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or Amazon Music to not miss an episode and I hope you all have a good rest of your morning afternoon evening whenever you're listening to this and uh Bye.